Brands on Brands. In a world where content is king and your reputation is your brand, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands, a home for those that think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here is your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 what's up? Welcome to Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, and today we are having another interview with an amazing personal brand out there, someone whose job is speaking on stages and connecting with audiences. He is Ronnie Lieber. Ronnie is a keynote speaker and event host for corporate and sports events and has worked live with more than 5 million people worldwide over the course of his career. He's one of the few trainers for Tony Robbins and loves to incorporate that human and emotional component into his speeches to create together with that audience, a unique and extraordinary set of emotions and experiences that they'll remember forever. And you know, if this guy is working with Tony Robbins, he has to be top of his class, right? Uh, Ronnie comes from us to us from Vienna, Austria today. That's right. You'll hear the accent when we jump into it. Uh, so don't let that throw you off, but he is an amazing connector. You'll hear that in our talk today. Uh, and he says his vocation is to inspire people to keep reaching for their dreams, to ignite a lasting and motivating spark in them. It's his passion to entertain people and create magic moments, which we talk about today. We talk about how to create those magic moments. It's that, that he brings to the table every day. It's his approach. It's how he thinks about it. All guests to your performance, to your show, to your your stagecraft should experience extraordinary and unforgettable emotions that they take back with them in their daily lives. I think he brings that to the show today. I hope you guys agree. We dive all into that, not just what it takes to become a speaker, but how to really truly connect with an audience from the stage, in person, or in your daily life, to be honest. All these tips and more all on today's show. Hope you guys love it as much as I did. Check it out. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get going. I'm excited to welcome our guest, Ronnie Lieber, to the show today. Ronnie, first off, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for having me, Brandon, and also welcome to everybody listening right now. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And we, you're coming all the way from Vienna, Austria, which is, I think that might be the longest distance that we've gotten on the show so far. So cheers to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm excited to talk to you specifically is what I think is a very important topic, especially to the people that listen to this show, which is how to connect with an audience, right? A lot of our businesses are driven by our customers and the people that gather around us as a community. And especially for personal branding, your audience is everything. This is especially important from the stage, which you're an expert on uh, amongst other things. So let's start there. What does audience connection look like to you? Audience connection looks like to me that, first of all, you need to understand who your audience is. I mean, usually you come in front of an audience with an outcome, like you have a goal that you want to achieve or you have a goal that you want to actually uh, establish, maybe establish your brand, or maybe you want to leave them with a certain feeling, with a certain emotion, or, or you want them to do an action, a certain, a certain thing after you're done. For example, if you would be a product, like at the end, you would want them to buy you. Or if you are a political party, you would want them to vote for you or whatever it is for you. But... All of this is worth nothing if you do not understand your audience. 
And the audience connection starts with, first of all, knowing as much as you can about your audience, but not only intellectually knowing about them, but understanding them, like knowing what drives them. What is it that really triggers them? What are their fears? What are their desires, their wishes, their dreams? And how do you connect with them emotionally? Like, how are they emotionally? What what turns them on? Like, what is what is something that emotionally is, is triggering them or is... is um, is juicing them. And at the same time, for example, if you speak with an audience and it can be an audience of one person or it can be an, an audience of, of hundreds, thousands of people, you need to know who is that person or who are those people. Also, why are they here? Like, why are they actually connecting with you right now? Why are, why are they giving you their time? And that being said, are they here because of you? Are they here because you're maybe part of a of a larger event or like of a larger thing where they just met you? And what is the like what is the connection that you have upfront? And how can you also take them there on an emotional journey to where you want to get them? That's how to connect with an audience. You need to understand them first and to serve them first in order to then lead them to where you want them. Yeah, I like that. I think thinking about their outcomes, like what they're coming here for in the beginning, like why are they here, I think is huge. I think a lot of us just think like I have my speech, I have the thing I want to talk about uh, and don't take that extra step. Um, I think that's that's hugely important. I think understanding them is another thing. I, I like to say that you have to like them first and that means that A, you need to understand them and, and B, you should be trying to serve them in a way that, that, that helps, right? Uh, I love that. So thank you for that. I'd even go a step further by saying you need to love them first. Yeah, there you like, go. We like really to to embrace them because look, they're giving you a gift. They're, sh they're they're giving you their time, and don't take this lightly. Like, don't come from a point of well, I earned it, or like whatever kind of uh, thoughts there might be. Like in terms of um, that, it's about you. It's not about you. The best way to connect with the audience is to make it about them. How do you find that? Because you're talking about loving them first. And I think for, for some people, like as they start to speak more and more, it might become like a, a habit. And I think finding, a, you know, finding that love could be a little bit of an exercise. Do you have a way that you go about, you know, finding the passion for every performance or every kind of talk that you're giving? Absolutely. So Brandon, when, when I talk in front of people, then of course, first of all, before I talk, I'm going to talk with the organizer. Um, and and ask them a few questions. And one of the things that I ask them is like, okay, what is your outcome? Like, what is your outcome for the whole thing? What is, and, and also like they might have outcomes. What is the outcome for a session? What is, I, I asked you the same questions before we started about the podcast here. And, and also um, I'm going to ask about who is the audience? How would you best describe the audience? How is like, how is that? And how does that, um, I need to understand crystal clear who that, who those people are. And then what I love to do is when I actually start, when I, um, or before I start, because when you start communicating, you do not start communicating the moment you open your mouth at the stage. That's not how it works. You start communicating the, the moment you are, you enter their presence. And also the moment that they enter your presence, they might not even know that you're going to be speaking on stage in a, in a little moment. But you already see them. You already have the opportunity to connect with them before you go on stage. Just by looking at them. Just by observing them. And by bringing positive emotions to those people. 
Because one thing is, if you want to leave a mark, if you want to guide them on an emotional journey, you need to be the first person that is in that emotional state that you want to ignite in them. Because you're the captain of the ship. You're in command when you're on stage. So you need to take command and own the stage and own the room. And that's how you do it with, with their best interest in mind. Yeah, I like that. Now, let's kind of actually go behind the scenes a little bit. So when when you ask that question today and it's like, okay, uh, you know, who is this for? What do you, what outcomes are you hoping for? And I say, yeah, I'm, you know, our listeners are usually people whose reputation is at the heart of their business. You know, like people who are serving other clients, they might be coaches, they might be consultants, they might be authors, speakers. When you hear that and you take that in and I say, you know what, I want them to take some tactical advice from today uh, and maybe be a little bit inspired to take action. How does that change how you approach the conversation? It changes a lot because I'm going to be, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking through you to them. So basically everybody is listening. It, like my answer is going gonna, is gonna to be different if the whole thing would be for, for school kids or if it's going to be for, for elderly people, or if it's going to be for just women, or if it's going to be for, like, it might be different examples. It might be different stories that you tie into the whole thing. So it's really about getting an understanding and also knowing what kind of things do they understand? What is their model of the world? Because if you understand their model of the world, you can give them examples of their models of the world. And that way you can connect with them on a deeper level. Because when you were just think, uh, talking about that, like about your audience, I think for them, it's not just about building a brand. I would even go further that it's about building a legacy or creating a legacy. It's about what is left when I'm not here anymore. What do I pass on? What is it? Yeah. How is this going to live when I pass it on? Well, I think there's some of that, that it's so easy to lose an audience. So if right off the bat, we were talking about, you know, how to help people in corporate, you know, jump a level in their career, but no one in who that listens is in corporate and, and is doing that. I mean, maybe there are, but I'm just saying if that was the focus and we started with that, people might tune out and say, this isn't for me. This isn't the, you know, the show that I was looking for today. So I appreciate the the targeted like thoughtfulness of, you know, what, what we're, what our conversation's about. I love making this about you. I've wondered in like what your expertise is uh, and bringing your stories to, to light for the audience today. But I'd like to say, you know, if we're thinking about who's listening today and who should be prioritizing audience connection that's listening, maybe you have some criteria for like, what, when is this important? When is it like, hey, you right now, if you're this kind of person, thinking about your audience and how you can make a stronger connection with them should be top of your list. Like who and like, when is this important? Well, that's a great question, Brendan. And let me ask you back. For who is communication important? For communication, everybody. I, I, I exactly. differentiate audience versus just daily communication uh, in general. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Yes. But, but okay, maybe the difference is conscious communication. Because daily communication, oftentimes we're, we're just chatting or we're just, we don't have a purpose. We don't have an outcome. But the moment that you have an outcome, May it be just in a one-on-one -on -one conversation or may it be with an audience of many. It doesn't matter. The moment you have an outcome, those thoughts apply. Because even if, even if it's just one person, and I'm going to give you 
an example from from way back when I, when I was at university. And I remember I, I failed a test. And um, I was like, damn, but I need this test. I need this test. Like, because the next time the test was, was like in half a year. And, and this test was like to finalize a, a certain um, period of my, of my studies so that then I could actually get um, some, some government funding in a way. And so I thought, no, I, I, like I'm losing half a year of money. Like I need this test, although I was negative. And so I thought, wow, there is quite something at stake here. And at the university tests, at least here in Austria, was always that you could afterwards go to see the professor and to have a look at the test and then to basically negotiate. Yeah, like if if there is something that you see different. And so obviously I knew my audience was just going to be one person, the professor or the, the person who did it, like who constructed the test. What did I do? I was actually researching before on YouTube. I was researching on on, on everything. Uh, no, sorry, on Google, everything that I could find about this person. And it was like, okay, uh, there was not a lot, but I, I read something about some um, communism stuff that he was writing about, and so on. And I thought, okay, that, that's a bit um, like more of a lefty guy, I would say, politically. And and also like, okay, what 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 picture comes in my mind? And and and. And then I remember I went to the university, like I was prepared. I was, I was really prepared because I basically, I, I took out my t-shirt and I was like, totally um, like, like laid back, like kind of a, like, like even as, as much as I could dressed like a, like a bit like a lefty, what I could do with what I was wearing. But anyway, and then he came and he had his, his converse on and, and he had long hair and so on and a ponytail. And, and it was Basically, I already knew that because I already did my research up front. And that way I could address him very differently. And and I'm telling you, I was negotiating hard and I got it. I got it. I moved from F down or upwards, actually. So uh, I, I passed. And that was the most important thing. And, and actually, that applies to any situation. When you're negotiating with somebody, when you're pitching something, when you're giving a speech, when you're giving a keynote, when you want to move an audience, when you want to, when you're in the sales conversation, it's always about that. Those are the thoughts that need to go into your preparation process. Always, if you have an outcome, if you just do a chit chat, don't worry about it. Yeah, I think so many people. I mean, I think in everyday use, these concepts are completely useful. I think that there's another level to this where you decide to represent your business, you've gotten out there and you said, you know what, like I need to be the face of this business. I think it changes things, whether it means you're putting yourself out there in content or on stages and actually getting in front of people. In my mind, people think of that differently. And I think there's more fear associated with that. So let me start with this. Do you think that next level of getting on stages, especially is for everyone? Well, um, first of all, the question is only for, for everybody else, uh, like for everybody for themselves to decide. Because you need to decide for yourself if this, if this is something that you want to do. I want to give you an example. When I, um, I'm fortunate to, to actually work with a lot of Olympic champions, with peak performance athletes, with um, top CEOs. And, and, and a few years ago, I was interviewing a guy. Um, he's a double Olympic champion from Austria in skiing. That's what we're good at. And he told me that 
before he won his first ski race. And I don't know if you know anything about skiing, but uh, he was very, very good in slalom, for example. It's like very technical and you have two runs. And after the first run, he was 23rd. And at the end, like it's a combined time. So basically, whoever is the fastest after two runs is the winner. And he was like, all right, I'm just 23rd after the first run, but I think I can win this today. I really believe that. And he had never won anything. He was a young guy. And then he was on his way up on the lift, on the ski lift. And then he told me, you know, and all the way up on the ski lift, I thought, I can win this. But do I really want to win this? What is this going to mean? Like my whole life is going to change. Because the moment I win, at least in Austria, you're a celebrity. And, and that means that like your life is not the same as it was before. Do I want this? And he was actually contemplating about that. He was thinking about that. And then he consciously made a decision. I want that. So basically, when you're asking if stage is for everybody, the question is, what's your why? What's your driver? Because if, if you have a strong enough why, you can master anything. Like uh, anything is possible if you really want it. Of course, some people need to put in more work than others. Some people need to really work a lot because they are not by nature somebody who is very outgoing or, or extroverted compared to somebody else for, for them speaking is naturally. Somebody might be very fearful and others are, are completely different. And I see those changes, especially in, in two um, at two stages. One stage is that somebody actually makes a step up in their career in a, on a corporate level. And they are suddenly in a position where they need to speak in front of others. Or that somebody is actually making a change of careers. That somebody is actually maybe has worked in corporate for some time and then says, all right, I'm done with all the corporate stuff. I've reached the top of the ladder or as, as far as I want to go. But now I really want to make a difference. Now I really want to create my legacy. And now I want to make, uh, I want to create something that really inspires people, that really moves mountains, that really has a long-lasting effect, not just for me, but for my community or for or for the world, whatever it is for you. But the point around this is that in order to move a community, in order to move the world, you need to be a great communicator. Think about all the inspiring greats from, from human history. All of them have been incredible in communication. Yeah, I've heard that. I think the shortest I've heard the shortest point between you know you and someone taking an action is you know the distance between your heart and theirs. Like if you can make some kind of emotional connection, uh, that's when action gets gets inspired. And I, I love like the way people have talked about that in the past. For you, I mean, you have taken the stage. I've seen you out there. I've seen your your videos. You seem to bring a lot of energy. When you get up there, you don't seem to have fear. Uh, I don't know if that was like that when you got started, but it seems very natural for you. Uh, before we get into the craft of being on stage and how to get better for that or some tips for the audience, I'd love to just hear about the fear thing that I think a lot of people, it slows them down. So I want to hear like what your experience with that was. Well, um, I can tell you about the fear thing. And, and, and basically, fear. not everybody has fear, but, but many people are really nervous. For some, it's really extreme, and then it turns into fear. And in my experience, that comes actually from being inside your head, from the conversations going on inside your head. That means that's going on 
because you're focused on yourself. The moment you switch the focus, the moment you do not make it about yourself, the moment you make it about them, about how can I add value to my audience? How can I make something, make a difference for them? That's the moment everything changes because then it's not about you anymore. And then that's the moment also that the conversations that you had stops. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you a story also that, that ties back a bit to that, but also to what we were talking before, if, if everybody can speak. I worked in sales for some time and I was at thousands of people's homes. I, I was knocking doors. Um, that was 20 years ago, like in door to door. And it was an amazing and a great school. And for me, it was, I learned a lot and, and it came a bit natural because I was always kind of an, an outgoing person and I, I was really good at it. And then we had a guy in our in our team. He was not the most talented or natural communicator. He actually came from IT. He was a guy that was sitting at home all the time, just him and his computer. And he was not like the, the person that you would put on a stage and say, here you go, now entertain them. And he was maybe not the best entertainer, but he was an amazing salesperson because he had the will, he had the drive. You know what his outcome was? He said, what I want to do, I'm doing all of this in order to earn money. And with that money, I want to go to Ethiopia in Africa and build wells and save communities. And every day that I'm not working at my fullest are 20 human lives in Ethiopia. Think about that drive. Like thinking about the drive that this, that this person has. He was working on a whole different level than all of us, even though you might come with more talent or more gift. But if you do not, like you can always be outworked and outperformed by somebody who really has a drive. And in that moment, it's not about you anymore. He wasn't standing in front of um, in front of them like, oh my God, I'm fearful now to, to open up my mouth and to say anything because it was not about him. It was about something bigger than himself. And if you have a mission that's bigger than you, you don't need to worry about the fear because it's going to, it's it's just going to, the mission is going to drive you and also to connect with your audience and to, if you have something of value to add and you know that those people are going to lose out if you do not, uh, if you're not performing at your best, it's going to be a game changer. You know, I think, to go behind the scenes a little bit again, I think it would be interesting to understand where you found your motivation because you don't seem to be dialing it in. You know, you seem to show up every time you're on stage, but I wonder where that started. Where did it come from? Like what brought you into this space and, and keeps you motivated to really be showing up for your audiences? First of all, I love it. And, and also thank you for the question. Um, I'm not sure if anybody has ever asked me that like this. And you know what I did? What I did specifically was before I started all of this journey, I asked myself, what is my passion? Because I was studying at two different universities when in my 20s, I was studying sports and I was studying economics. And before that, I was doing several different jobs. Like I told you, I was working in sales for a few years. I was working in education for a, year, a few years where I was educating people, where I was actually giving um, like 
doing this five five times a week that I was um, teaching people on different subjects. And I thought, all right, this is beautiful. This is great. It's a great learning, but that's not it. That's not what I'm going to do for a long, for the long run. And so when I was getting done with my studies at university, I was asking myself, well, what do you want to do now? What is it really that you want to do also long-term? Because I thought, you know, nobody's going to pay you if you if you know something from there and something from there and something from there. If you're not really an expert in something, that might work at who wants to be a millionaire, but um, not like really, that is not a sustainable business model. So how do you actually, how do you do that? And then I thought, hmm, you know, I was always doing things that I was interested in, but there is a there is a next level to being interested in something. And that is being passionate about something. All right, that sounds awesome. And, and also I thought, well, if I'm passionate about something, I'm, I'm going to be or going to get good at it. And if I'm good at it, or if, if I'm maybe even great at it or the best, or maybe even the best in the world, I'm not going to need to worry about money. I'm going to find a way to monetize it. All right, that's awesome. Sounds like an amazing concept. But what is it that I'm passionate about? Like, uh, okay, uh, and, and now it was, I was on a journey. I was on a journey of digging deep, of really figuring out what it is. And so- That seems like such weeks, a hard question. That seems like such a, like, stop everyone in their tracks kind of question. Like, how do you even run into that? And why would you ask yourself that? Because it seems like an impossible thing to just figure out when you're sitting down at your desk. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, I'm telling you, I never, ever in my life, uh, before that, thought that I'm, I'm, I might be an event host, that I might be, uh, that I might be a keynote speaker. I didn't even know what a keynote speaker was. Uh, that I might be uh, a TV host and TV anchorman. That I might like, that I might coach people on different things. That didn't appear in my mind. It was not even inside the box. Like when you think about outside the box thinking, I didn't even. There was no box around that because that didn't exist. Who does that? And and. So basically, I started to ask myself the same questions over and over again for weeks and months. And those questions were like anytime I was driving in a car or I was like at home, basically my mind having my, my, my mind wandering around. I was asking myself, all right, what do I love to do in my spare time? What is it that juices me emotionally? What is it that I spent money on? What is it that I talk with my friends about? What is it that already as a little kid that I love, that really was uh, got me excited? And so in the beginning, when I was asking myself those questions, nothing came uh, or, or many things came, but it didn't make any sense. So I, I did this over and over again. And, and at some point, it always came back to the, same, to the same thing, that already as a little kid, I was excited about events that bring the whole world together. For example, like the soccer World Cup or like Olympic Games or, or for example, if you're not into sports, like um, let's say the uh, if you go to a concert and when you're there, you're just totally consumed by the energy. You're not thinking about, I need to go to the hairdresser tomorrow or I need to send a text message now. You're just totally in the moment. And I thought, that's awesome. This is an environment that I would love to work in. I had no idea what I should do there. And of course, I didn't know how, because I mean, uh, if you don't know what, it's hard to figure out the how, but I knew the why. I knew, I knew the fire. I knew the, I knew the desire 
that was there. And then it was, all right, let's be open. And let's just have this circling in your mind. And let's just see what comes. At the same time, in the summer of 2008, a local um, professional soccer team here in Vienna, um, they actually came to me because they were looking for a stadium host for the youth teams, like the under-17, under-19 teams for 100, 150 people once or twice a month on a Saturday afternoon to host two games for a little bit of milk money. And and uh, the coolest thing was actually to get tickets for like free tickets for the big guys and also to get an invitation for the Christmas party. And I and they asked me because I knew some of their coaches from, from university. And I said, sure, I'll do that. But just for fun, it was like I didn't even think about a career. And one year later, it was the 25th of June, 2009. That was the day that Michael Jackson died. I was at a sports university party. And when I left in the morning, like at 5.15 in the morning, the sun was already up. It was in a boat. I walked off the boat. And a friend of mine from university was also walking off the boat at the same time. And she was working at the professional ice hockey team here in, in, in Vienna. And... You know, like 5.15 in the morning, I didn't plan this. I was, hey, uh, by the way, are you by any chance looking for a new stadium announcer at the Capitals? And she was like, I have no idea. I'll ask. And the next day she calls me, you know what? We're looking for someone. And then a few a few appointments later with the uh, with the general manager, all right, you got your chance. And that was the first time when I actually thought, hey, this could be a career. This actually could be something. And that was also when I started to, when I knew my what, when I knew the direction. And that's also, I started like my first year of, of the ice hockey team, I invested the whole sum that I earned there into a speaker's education. I did a lot of educations around it. I did the speaker's education. I did the speaker's boot camp in Colorado. I did acting classes. I did dancing. I mean, I danced competitively, actually. I, I did singing lessons. All kinds of things that you need or that you can need on a stage in order to be a better presenter, in order to be a better entertainer, in order to connect better with your audience. And that's basically how everything started, by asking myself those questions and figuring out my passion. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing those stories because I think it helps illustrate what that journey could be like. And other people might be in those same positions where they're asking themselves those hard questions and sometimes just staying in that question and in that thought process and continuing to chase that vision will, will get you there. Like through the actions of your day, like things might reveal themselves. I appreciate you taking through us through that. For those people that are in that position that were getting started, the place that you were back in your past, how would you help them get started creating these super engaging stage presentations what would you tell them to think about in terms of like what would they what should they do different because i think there's some obvious things i don't even know if we need to cover the basics but what do you do different if you're starting out to create something that's amazingly engaging <laughs> well okay first of all i i, I mean i know it, it sounds like like beating the hammer on the nail um you know, one of the uh, one of the biggest beyond mistakes beyond usually... knowing your audience because that one we talked about. Like I know yeah, we're exactly, starting yeah, exactly. Know your outcome, know your audience. Like those <laughs> right. are the two biggest things. And also, um, when it comes to the presentations, also know everything that's around you. Like know everything about the event where you're talking at. 
Like, are there speakers before you? Are there going to be speakers after you? How is this? Like, how is this affecting the whole? Where are you inside the journey that you are actually presenting? And then it's really after you know all of all of the frame, the framework around it, it's then it's about all right, what can I do? You know, one thing that I always love to do, and I, I call this is create magic moments. Because um, let me ask you, what is a magic moment for you, Brendan? For me, because I'm a big fan of like coaching people and helping them have like find new ideas. I, my, an amazing moment for me is when I ask a question that stops someone in their tracks and completely reframe something so that them answering that question might change their perspective. So that, that for me is always a huge moment. If I ask a question that makes someone think different. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love that. And for me also, when it comes to huh, um, magic moments, a magic moment for me is something that you might be thinking about today that actually is going to um, make you fall asleep with a, with a smile or make you wake up with a grin or maybe maybe a moment that you experience and that you might even tell your grandkids about at some point because it was so amazing. It was so awesome. And so it's a, it's a deep, emotional, positive moment. And I always think about how can I create a, create a magic moment for my audience? How can I create something special emotionally? Like, how can I take them on a journey emotionally? And how is that? And you might ask yourself, well, I mean, how, how is that? Because, uh, yeah, magic moments. Okay, I've been maybe in a stadium and that happened or like, and it was awesome. And, and everybody was like, wow, but how do I do that? And how do you do it consistently? Because it seems like yes. you might get lucky once or twice, but how do you always do it? Exactly. So, so let me let me give an example. An example that I believe everybody can relate to. Are you married, Brendan? Yes, I'm happily married 10 years now. Awesome. So before you get married, at some point, like after you're in you're in a relationship for, for some time, and then you 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 think like, all right, um, that person might be the one. But what 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 do you need to do next? What do I need to do next to 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 do what? Well, in order, like, in order to then at, at some point get married. Yeah, I, that's a good question. I mean, my story is my wife like left, like the girlfriend left, and then I had to, I, I chased her across the country, uh, and said, "I'm coming after you. I'm here for you, and like, you're my future." Uh, so that was like, it was a very, I guess, for me, the big shift was making a decision that this is where I want my life to go. And at some point, many times it's the man in, in a, in a man-woman relationship, but whoever does it, at some point you need to ask. At some point you need to ask if you want to marry me and like uh, to propose. And the way to do that, like when, when, you, when you actually do that, when you propose to somebody, many questions go into that process. And every person that has been there in their lives they can feel because it's it's like, okay, how am I going to do that? And this is basically the magic moment process because you are thinking, okay, how do I want this moment to be? How am I going to, how do I want the setup to be? Where should it be? How, like, how is going to be the lights? Am I going to have music? What kind of music? 
um, do I want to make it in public or do I want to make it intimate? What does he or she prefer? What kind of moment does he or she really like really gets her excited or gets her in the mood? And to make this a lasting memory, because I mean, everybody who is married, who is engaged, whoever was married, for sure, they're going to remember that moment. I don't know anybody uh, that, that you ask that, that is like, like, hey, how was your proposal? I don't remember. I, I, I've never heard that. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. so it's, it's, and, and basically the same thought process that goes in there is what goes into creating a magic moment for your audience. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think it makes me think of because I, I had a choice. Like I almost like I had my ring with me. And I think once you once you know you're gonna create a moment, you start thinking everything could be a moment and you start seeing opportunities along the way. And I know at one point, like I'm carrying the ring around in my pocket at different things in case those moments happen naturally. But planning for it made made more sense. Like I could have proposed at a football game, but I know that for her, that wouldn't have been magic. She'd appreciated, you know, the proposal maybe, but I think she wouldn't appreciated the environment and it wouldn't have been as special. So eventually I was like, you know what? Helicopter flying over the Statue of Liberty on the weekend that was the weekend that I flew to go get her, you know, a year prior. Like yeah, to your point, like thinking about them and really saying, you know, what for them is going to make this special. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I can see it now when I draw those parallels. And, and it's got to be different for everybody. And and while you're saying this for the for the um for the football at the football field, you know, uh, just a little funny story. I was I, I told you I was working at the ice hockey team. I did this for nine years, and and once we had a proposal there, but you know what? The guy who was proposing dressed in the in a mascots outfit from the from the uh, from the from the ice hockey team. And I was actually walking with the mascot, and we were we knew of course where she was gonna be and and we had already like basically everybody knew with in-house tv and so on uh, but but of course she didn't know yeah and so i came there and and um with the mascot and then the mascot basically was standing next, next to next to her and it was it was of course her future husband but she didn't know because actually he was not gonna be there today because he had to he got stuck at work so but in reality he was inside the mascot costume and then we had we played some song and and, and we had the, the 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 kiss cam uh thing on 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 there and it was her with the mascot and then you could see that suddenly um he the mascot went on his knees and asked her to marry her and 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 i mean of course she said yes and and that's that might not be for everybody even just a funny side story um that the next break that we had the next intermission like between the between the the, the thirds between the periods <laughs> i was walking around with the mascot and but it was already again the real mascot and people came up like hey congratulations awesome <laughs> he's like that wasn't me that wasn't yeah, me. yeah exactly <laughs> thank you was... yeah <laughs> uh that's a great story I want to make sure that people get a couple of like, okay, they they know that they need to put their audience first. 
I, I imagine that when you're preparing presentations, you put some thought into obviously who's there, but like there's some some structure to this, to crafting the presentation, to you know the actual stagecraft walking around what you're saying. What are some like tactical step by like some tips to someone putting one of these together? Right. Like, yeah, he, like here are some things that are going to help you. Um, exactly. Just some little tips, tricks, hacks, things that have really helped you kind of go from, you know, like everyone else to really standing out. OK, so once again, after knowing your outcome, knowing your audience and also knowing what you want them to do at the end, then when you actually start planning, you're going to start with the end in mind. You're going to start with what am I going to finish with? Yeah, like this is the first thing that you actually put down on paper. What is what is it? What is your close that you're that you're leaving them with? Because this is the most important part. The second most important part is what you're gonna do afterwards is your your beginning. Like how are you gonna start your intro? And that also here you're gonna think about also once again what is before? Where are they before you start with them? Do they have uh, like, for example, is are you in in part of a in part of a process where directly before you there's a comedian, or you're gonna and then you're gonna talk about tax accounting, or um, are you gonna be in in a process where uh, they all come from a funeral and now you're gonna be you're gonna be the comedian, so it's gonna be a very different experience. You need to know this in order to then like really intro because that's that's where you actually take the baton. That's where you actually start and where you invite them onto your emotional carpet, where you take them on a journey from A to B. And then you have the start point. You already have the finishing point. And now it's just about getting them there. So you also know your time frame usually. So you know how much time you got. And really be careful about the timing. In there, make... I would say normally maximum three points, three points, one, two, three, that you that you want to make in order to really nail your big message. Like what's the overall concept? Here are the three, three big drivers. And for every driver, have an example, have a story, have something that they can relate to emotionally, not just a concept that is just rational or intellectual, but really have something that they can relate to because we as humans, we learn best when we do not know that we're learning. Meaning through stories. When you hear a story, you don't know that you're actually learning. You're like, oh, that was a great story. Don't just tell a story because it's a great story, but you need to also have a point behind it. And when you actually tell a story, don't just, well, don't just wing it. Really go there and, and rehearse. Rehearse your story. Leave out the parts that you do not need. Leave out the things that, like, oftentimes we give too much backstory or sometimes too little backstory. Also, like, where do you actually start into a story that, it, that it's taking them right where it's getting interesting? Not just, well, yeah, back then I was, uh, and my grandma, you know, my grandma, she used to actually, she loved birds. And, and um, well, and there was especially this one little bird. But uh, anyway, and, and my granddad, he was a butcher. And like all those things, they are not relevant. Like if you, if you start off with those things, you lose them before you actually get to your point. 
you know, even if they were relevant, even the energy that you gave that with, I think a lot of people, they have completely relevant points. They might even have a good structure and story, but the energy feels like this magical thing that only some people have figured out how to deliver. And like, I, I'll, I'll admit, like I struggled with this, like either just presenting, like I would normally present in a small room versus on a stage it was a hard thing to shift. And it's because I don't want to yell because it wasn't like, it wasn't just yelling. You're not just yelling that makes this different, but I'm curious how you think about bringing the energy to the stage in a way that really feels like people uh, are with you and are engaged with you. That's a great point. First of all, just a few, you know, this is a great point. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was working with a guy who was, um, I was coaching him and giving him feedback on his presentation. And he was, Actually, he was a performer. He performed for Cirque du Soleil for many years, which is one of the, the greatest shows on the planet. And you could see that. And it was gonna be, it was he was about to give a presentation in front of a hundred people. And Cirque du Soleil is usually like big crowds and, and like uh, up in the stands and so on. And when he was rehearsing, and he was rehearsing in front of two people actually. There was me and, and a colleague. And he was looking and, and and like in an imaginary audience and, and basically as if he was gonna talk to a to a football stadium. It's it's it will be a hundred people, not a football stadium. And he totally was not connecting with us. And I said, Look, you need to connect with us as well. Like you need to look into our eyes. That's the way to connect with somebody. And oftentimes people, even when you're talking to a to a big stadium. It is not about you talking to tens of thousands of people at the same time. It's about you having a one-on-one -on -one conversation times 10,000 or 50,000 times. Because that's the only thing that you can do, that the human mind can process. A one-on-one -on -one conversation is easy to digest. I'm just talking to you. And now I'm turning my head. I'm going to talk with that person over there. And now I'm going to talk with that person over there. And it's okay. And now I'm going to talk with the person over there in the back. And now over there in the back and now up here in the front. It's fine. But you need to connect. The others can feel when you connect and when you're just faking it. Yeah, I think the one-on-one the -on -one thing is huge. Uh, and I think there's a, there's a second piece to this, which is like you are absolutely talking to one person and you were very excited to tell them this thing. Uh, just like you would in a house with someone, oh my God, you got to hear what just happened to me today. That energy, that like conversational energy of being excited that something just happened to you feels like a, a more natural way that people like you want when they're on stage, they just talk like that naturally. Cause they're like, oh my God, you got to hear this. And it's way different than saying, listen up everybody that's in the room. You know, it's like, it's very different energy. Maybe at a boxing match, which I know you've done some of those. That's a, that's, that's a whole other thing. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It's <laughs> a whole different thing. Exactly. <laughs> but, but the point is actually when you are, um, when you are there, don't make it about you. You are the medium. You are the one that is going to add value to them. You are the one who's serving them. It's all about them. And if you serve them and if they feel that you're there to serve, that's the easiest way to connect. Like it's, um, it's like this saying where it's um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, what? I like I, just to to kind of let everyone in. Like the reason I start every show, I'm like, the reason I'm excited to talk to you today, Ronnie or whoever. I start like that because a I am excited, and I find a reason to be excited for every episode. But I need to let you know that as my guest, like, here's why I'm excited that you're here. Uh, and that also, I think, brings the audience into it and lets them get excited about it, too. Like, oh, what should I be excited about today? I think that truth like of what this what makes this all interesting, I think, is super important. And we are coming kind of towards the end here today. And I don't want people to be left hanging like, hey, we've been talking to Ronnie all day. Like, how do I find this guy? Uh, and if they go to ronnielieber.com uh, forward slash en if you guys want the english version of the website uh ronnielieber.com forward slash en you will see all the content all the, the different ways you can connect with ronnie here but also he does a lot of coaching you know if you want to learn how to communicate better like some of the things we talked about today how to connect with audiences how to be a better speaker how to hone your stage presence just like you've heard in our conversation today absolutely go to that website and check some of it out ronnie as we're wrapping up here today, I'd love to just hear a little bit about what you're excited about uh, that's coming up for you. Ooh, what am I excited about? Um, well, first of all, I I'm already excited about uh, 2023. It will be an amazing year. It's going to be like the it's really, really fascinating. I I'm you know I'm excited about delivering even more value to my audience. I I'm I'm right now in the process of creating some new products and some new some new things that I believe that are really going to be a game changer for, for people. And that's just, oh, that's going to be amazing. Like to even better connect on a higher level with, with their audience. And so that's something I'm really excited about. Also, I love, I love what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm in general excited. Yeah. I'm sure with, you know, there being more and more people back out going to conferences, uh, people like who you who love serving uh, the masses and you know not you're not built to serve one person you're built to serve a large community of people I'm sure that that feels right at home that we're getting back out there and that's exciting so thank you for being here and sharing this with us today any any parting thoughts thank you so much Brandon and also thank you to everybody listening and hey um it all starts to go out there and to really connect with the audience to really connect with yourself first to be in the state that you want to get them to and then just come from a place of service and enjoy. I couldn't have said it better myself. I appreciate that, Ronnie. Thank you for being here and everyone listening. Thank you for your time today. I hope you appreciate appreciated this and found some value um, from our guest today. And as always, thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next time. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to help you build a brand that matters. Head over to BrandsOnBrands.com for resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit BrandsOnBrands.com.